This is the IDP After Show. Hello and welcome to the IDP After Show. I'm your host, Jeff Pumazal. This season will be coming at you every other week, breaking down the most important topics in IDP. I'll be joined by members of the IDP Show team, as well as buddies from across the industry, breaking down some of the most important takeaways, analysis, and advice to give you a leg up on your fantasy football leagues. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and wherever you listen to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Speaking of buddies from across the industry, I have the great privilege and honor to be joined tonight by Kyle Bellafuel from Football Guys. Kyle, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. The, uh, the, the honor is all mine, Jeff. I appreciate you having oh, me on, man. This is way overdue. We have been you know, <laughs> yep. messaging back and forth for well over a year, and this is way, yeah. way overdue for us to finally get together to do a show. So, Absolutely, man. Pumped for it. Tonight's episode, we get the, the, the opportunity to look back over our rookie rankings that we set back in April and May. Um, our, we ranked... Uh, our, our rankings with Jake Colhagen and I, we kind of put together a combined list of all prospects, put them together. And as a good tool, it's always important to kind of look back over the season and kind of see where we hit, where we missed, and how we can improve next season. So tonight, Kyle's going to dive in with me and we're going to go through the rankings and kind of see players who performed well, who deserve to be there. And then that's the players maybe who didn't play as well as they probably should have and players that we're going to kind of maybe move on from or buy low and buy the dip. So, Kyle, are you ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it, brother. All right. It's easy to start at the top. Uh, we have <laughs> Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. He was drafted by the Texans. I think he was probably everyone's number one coming out. He had a great season. He led all rookies with 65 pressures, 43 hurries, 14 quarterback hits, and eight sacks. He also had 42 tackles for the team. So um, he graded out exceptionally well. He was the third-rated defensive lineman in his rookie class overall. He played a very creepy 666 snaps this season. So I don't know if you're you're into that kind of stuff, but uh, he did nothing to um, scare anyone away if you were invested in him. So I think the, the sky's the limit for Will Anderson Jr. I think this is only a, the, the beginning for him. So... Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. You know, like you said, he was probably everybody's top IDP rookie, and he was mine as well. Um, like, like you laid out, fantastic rookie season. Uh, the pressure numbers are good. He had a 14.8% pressure rate. That includes the playoff game where he had six pressures on Joe Joe Flacco in the in the Browns. Um, like you said, the future is bright, man. We, we were pumped for him coming out of Alabama, and he delivered uh, very well in his rookie season. And um, I, I think he is a highly coveted edge asset for us in, in IDP Dynasty Leagues for sure. Is there anyone, Kyle, who you see could <clears throat> that you wish you could jump back in your time machine and take over him this season? No, no, I think he's still the guy for me. Um, I, I was a huge Anderson fan. I loved his uh, tape, his profile, and uh, production coming out of Alabama and, and – uh, he did exactly what I was hoping uh, as a rookie. He showed us uh, the player that, uh, that that we thought he was, and it's just the tip of the iceberg, like you said, man. It, it wheels up from here on out, so I, he's still my, my, my one-on-one. Yeah, I think so, too, and I think he kind of cemented himself as, like, even in Dynasty redrafts or Dynasty, like, startups, being one of the first edge players off the board 
Not yeah. only does he have elite production, but he's also got that youth on his side, and he's got a coach who definitely believes in him, mm-hmm. believes in him. And I think being a former defensive player himself, he knows little nuances of the game that maybe you're not going to get from another coach. So I think that's a great situation for him to be in. So, yeah, that's a great call. I, I love that aspect as well with Tamiko Ryan's, right? He's going to know how to get this guy in the right spot to get, get the most out of him and, and what to tell him, you know, when, when you do hit that little bit of slump, cause it happens to all, all players of all the positions. Right. So yeah, it's, I, I'm with you, man. I, I love his situation there in Houston for sure. Yeah, and, and it's a fun story too. You know, we 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 talked earlier about how Green Bay is a fun story, how this young team's kind of coming together, peaking at yeah. the same time. Yeah, you know, Texans are kind of like that AFC version of the Packers too. You know, they're they're a young yeah. team. They've got they weren't supposed to be there, and yep, here they are. You know, yeah, so. I, yeah, absolutely, man. I totally agree. Oh, good. Well, don't agree with me all the time because that's not what we're, we're here for. So, all right. Well, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a date. We're just kind of first couple. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, our number two guy was Jack Campbell, linebacker out of Iowa. Uh, premium draft position, draft capital, landed in a great spot. Um, he did very well as a as a first year linebacker, and I think that's something like we we kind of get spoiled sometimes. We think that linebackers are going to come in and just perform super well, but linebackers I've heard is probably one of the hardest positions for a mm-hmm. rookie to learn, just because of all of the, the schemes. And um, just the the blitzing packages that they have to pick up, um, different like routes from the if they're spying on the quarterback. So there's so many little intricacies that go into the linebacker position. It's you know it's kind of like we've heard like the tight end spots a really tough spot for rookies to pick up. Linebacker I think is the defensive um, caveat to that. Like it's that that same position. There's just so much thrown at him. And I I think Campbell's smart enough and he's got the, all the tools to be a great one. So um, he did have 94 tackles this season and two sacks. He did play quite a few snaps. He played 659 snaps. He had really solid run grades um, throughout the season. He graded out as a really high defensive player against the run, a little lacking in pass coverage. Mm -hmm. But even looking back to his time in Iowa, he was an outstanding pass coverage linebacker. He definitely excelled in the run defense. But I think that's something with he has the tools to do that. The one thing that kind of worried me a little bit is he can never shake Derek Barnes for snaps. Yeah. Like he was always just kind of hovering over him. And I don't know if that was a, a Dan Campbell thing or what it was, but uh, I think just him being high draft capital, I think he's eventually going to, to be the guy there. So um, if he's an opportunity to buy low, he's my a buy low candidate for me, but it's going to be tough because you're get, probably invested quite a bit in a rookie draft in Jack Campbell. So Kyle, what are your thoughts on Mr. Campbell? Yeah, I'm right in line with you. Like, you know, like you stated, you know, we, we were super hyped for Campbell, hoping that he would get a 90% snap share right out the jump. And, it, you know, it didn't quite work out that way. And it's kind of how it goes with rookie linebackers. Like you said, it's a tough position to play. You got a lot of responsibilities, different formations, different coverages. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he, like you said, with 94 tackles, it's pretty solid rookie year. Um, you still got to love the first round capital. It, you know, like you mentioned with the grades, um, the coverage grade was, you know, 37.8 um, down there, but I think that will get better. Um, it, at Iowa, I always, th- you know, watching him play, I thought he was real solid in zone coverage. He's a big, tall linebacker with long arms. He gets in the way. Man coverage is probably going to be a little tough. I mean, and it it's tough to, to cover <laughs> cover backs out of the backfield in these athletic tight ends. It just is. So I think that he'll grow with that in time. And I'm with you. The, the whole Derek Barnes thing had me question marks everywhere. I, you know, I, it's like, man, how come you can't overtake this guy? I, you know, 
not to Derek Barnes is horrible. I know he had a really tough rookie season. If you looked at the grades and production, he got a little better. He could only go up, but he couldn't shake them. In Detroit, they're a competitive team pushing for the NFC North. So Campbell was going to play his best guys that he are the guys he felt were best for, for each situation. And so it led to sporadic uh, snap shares for Campbell, but you know, like we talk about first round draft capital. I think he profiles very well for IDP production for the long term. Just he's a tackle machine. And I think I think his coverage will only get better. I mean, I guess you can really only get better when you grade that low. But um right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean I'm, I'm still in there on Campbell. And like you said, people that drafted him are invested probably pretty high draft pick in taking him in your rookie draft. So you got to pay up to get him, but if you can get him at a fair value, I'm still in on him for sure. I totally agree. And I think the hard part is you look at Campbell and he was a rookie on the team and didn't get a lot of snaps, but then, you know, a guy we're going to talk about in a few is Brian branch and he played a ton, but I don't know if that was more opportunity because of, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson going down with an injury and Mm -hmm. just kind of the next man up kind of thing. So, right. Yep. Yeah. So moving on to our number three rookie uh, IDP player from last year and our, our rookie rankings, we had Tyree Wilson, uh, Texas tech, edge rusher he was our number two now if there's a guy that probably had a disappointing season and maybe was overdrafted a little bit by idp managers it was probably wilson um he just came out of college like he had just all of the tools and all of the talent he had just like you like he was built in a lab like he was he was it um he's kind of disappointing this year he only had 24 pressures 16 hurries four quarterback hits and uh four sacks and a lot of those came late in in games when they were already out of uh you know, it wasn't as competitive anymore. So either they were up by a lot or down by a lot. So that's kind of a little disheartening too. He did play 493 snaps. Most of those came towards the end of the season. So, you know, hopefully that progression is there. He's got a coach, hopefully in Antonio Pierce that again, we talked about it with DeMarco Ryans is a a former defensive player himself. He's going to be able to get him motivated, not only on the field, but in his head to, to do that. And I think there's a couple of times during games, you saw that where Antonio Pierce was like, you know, screaming at him from the sidelines, trying to get him motivated, get him in the right place. You know, because I, I do think he has the tools and talent. Um, he just didn't show that this year in play or his his performance and grades. So, yeah, I'm I'm right along with you. Uh, you know, Tyree Wilson, the, he was he's the seventh overall pick. Um, so, I mean, you know, we're, we're getting excited when you see a edge rusher go that high. Uh, big dude, big frame and a massive pterodactyl wingspan, like insanely long arms, which gives you great leverage, especially when you're a big guy that can move for a guy his size. Right. Um, I always thought Wilson was going to take a little time um, to most edge rushers do. Um you know, it's not seeing anything uh, extraordinary there at all, but um, I always felt Wilson was going to take some time to develop. Um, I, I like his profile and everything. And uh, I was just hoping to kind of see some flashes. And we did, like you mentioned at times, it wasn't, um, you know, a huge, big uh, sample size, start, middle, finish or anything. It kind of saw it at the end, like you said, but um, you know, we got to see the glimpses. I do like, you know, they, they are invested in them. And like you said, you know, I hope they keep Antonio Pierce as well. And I think he'll get the best out of them. Um, I know Malcolm Koontz was a hot name at the end of the year out of that edge group. Yeah. You know, he showed up big there at the end. Um, He'll be entering the final year of his rookie deal. So it'll be interesting to see what that edge mix looks like. um, If everything comes back, you know, as it sits right now with Antonio Pierce and a team was motivated in how they were playing. I think Wilson obviously will have a bigger share of it. Um, it, You know, it never hurts playing across from Max Crosby if Wilson can get it going. Right. So, and learning from a guy like that too, because I mean, 
if you want want to see how to how to keep your body right and how to get through a season, that guy plays a ton of snaps. He plays as hard as anybody in the NFL, and he plays the run. He plays the pass. I mean, there's the dude to learn from, right? And I think you hit it, Kyle, too. It's not just what you do on the field, you know, on Sundays. It's like what you do, you know, Monday through Saturday to prepare yourself, get your body mm-hmm. right. You know, the off season I think is going to be huge for Wilson. If yes. he gets, you know, if he gets in with Crosby and he he does his workouts and he does his like the the maintenance that Crosby mm-hmm. does to take care of himself and play at the elite level that he does, I think Tyree Wilson is going to like far exceed, you know, this season easily, you know, going forward just because of just that, that mindset and mind frame. So I think that he's definitely a, a buy candidate for me right now. And you're probably going to be able to get him pretty cheap just because the owner's probably going to be frustrated yep. with uh, production this year. So, yeah, if you can find an impatient manager selling him at a discount, I'm with you. I'm, I'm buying for sure. Yeah. And like you said, it's going to be tough. He was the seventh overall pick. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of hype with that. So maybe wait till well, another- the shiny new toys pop up yes. in this year's draft and get them for a later pick. Cause somebody wants to jump on something new. <laughs> well, there aren't a lot of shiny toys on offensive side of the ball this year. So maybe this will be the, the shiny defense yeah. side of the ball draft this year. So. <laughs> well, speaking of shiny new toys, uh, the Packers got one and yes. Luke Van Ness was our number four ranked rookie that last year, again, playing Iowa, playing that Ed's position. He just, again, a lot of these guys are look like they're all built in a lab. Yeah. It's yep. kind of like when I look in a mirror every morning, I just kind of see the same thing. <laughs> and so when you, when you see a player like this, you're just like, wow, there's nothing wrong with this guy. Like he's like, he's perfect for the position. Um, he had 20 pressures, nine hurries, five hits, six sacks and 30 tackles. And I, I know you as a Packer fan saw this too. Like we're starting to see glimpses of that more and more yep. in, in these later parts of the season. He didn't get a lot of run or traction at the beginning of the season. I don't know if he was just the learning curve or dealing with injury, but we started to see him show up. He got a sack against Dallas in the in the in the playoff game. So we're just starting to see again, like the rest of the team, just starting to peak at the right time. Yep. He had 417 snaps. Uh, he really graded out well towards the end of the season. A really solid tackler, and you love to see that um, as a as a defensive edge player because those are going to get you those bonus points. You know, defensive edge players as an IDP person, we look for those sacks. But those those tackles give those players a really nice high floor. And I think mm-hmm. Van S has that kind of potential having a high tackle floor, you know, and and like you said earlier, playing with Tyree Wilson, playing opposite Max Crosby. Here we've got Luke Van S playing opposite of Rashawn Gary, who just signed a big deal. So he's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. And so you got that tandem kind of going forward. So. What are your thoughts on Mr. Venice? Yeah, I mean, first off, like you said, just like you, it looks like he's built in a lab. You guys are just put together like the Hulk, and <laughs> he's uh, he's a he's an impressive guy. Uh, you know, when they drafted him, it was traits, you know, speed to power, big, strong dude, explosive, right? Um, he, he checked all the boxes, and that's kind of Green Bay likes those types of guys. Um, and uh, you know, he's a versatile dude. He can kick inside. He can play it on the edge. We saw it at Iowa. He's done a little bit for green Bay this season too, in different fronts, uh, four and five man fronts. Um, like you said, he, you know, he, he kind of peaked at the end of the, or not peak, but he started to flash more at the end of the season. And I thought against the run and pass both, um, he looks like he really was starting to set the edge with confidence and hold his ground and really see it. And um, you know, as pass rush, I always thought, you know, his, he needed to develop his pass rush repertoire, but his speed to uh, speed to power trait was going to translate because the dude's so big and strong and, and, and quick off the jump. So I thought, you know, when he did get his chance, he might, we might see him get home for a couple just because he's an explosive guy playing unlimited snaps. And we started to see that a little bit. 
um, working in that rotation. Him and Kingsley and Igbari were a nice duo when they came in, when Preston Smith or Sean Gary would come off in certain sets. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm really, really excited about Van Ness, the long haul, um, Preston Smith, you know, he's been solid. He, he, he's just a, he's just a pros pro man. He does everything well. He's, he, you can rely on him, you know, um, he's, uh, he's under contract till 2026. So he does have an out after this year. Curious to see like what happens there. I could see a restructure coming. I think he likes it in green Bay and I think he fits well there. Um, and we were just talking about Kingsley heading bar. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL, um, against Dallas last week. Uh, I just read, was reading a little bit on that. So getting hurt that late, I wonder what his time frame coming back is. So, you know, that four deep edge group might be three for a while, which means Van Ness might get a little more run than we had, but then he might've if all four were healthy. Right. So, but I, I, I like it. I liked what I saw out of Van Ness this year. I liked how he finished. And I think, um, I mean, hopefully he keeps that going against San Francisco this week too. Right. We're going to need him. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm excited for year two for him. So, yeah. And I think all these guys, you know, like when we, we look at it, like it's, it's important not to jump ship on any of these players too soon. You know, there's a reason they were first round draft picks. Yeah. There's a reason that, you know, like advanced scouting people felt that they were worthy of this draft, you know, this, that draft capital and stuff yep. like that. And, and they have the college tape to prove it too. It's not like it was just like a one-year thing. Like Van Ness was like a multi-year guy from at Iowa. They performed really, really well. And Iowa is just, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, a meat and potato type of school. They're going to, yes. they're going to put out really good. They got a really good like pipeline, you know, obviously yep. with tight ends in the NFL, yep. but as a defensive school too, that's, that's, that's what they're built on. So. Yep. Yeah. They're, they're players translate, right. We've seen it with like, even in green Bay with Micah Hyde, um, you know, like he was a good player for us. We're going on Buffalo, but yeah, you're, that's a good call. Iowa does. They produce, you know, good pros, man. They, they translate well. Well, speaking of another school that I translate a lot of pros, Georgia. And so we got Nolan Smith is our number five rookie from last year's ranks. Um, again, he was one of those guys. I think this was kind of a luxury pick with yep. the Eagles picking so late in the draft. Again, he uh, a very physical specimen, like checks all the boxes and things like that. I just think he didn't get a lot of run just because how loaded that Philadelphia defense, defensive line especially, was to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, only eight pressures, five hurries, two hits, a sack, and 11 tackles in total only played out 187 snaps um, pretty average grade. But I, I think when you pl- only play that few of snaps, it doesn't take a lot to get your, your metrics lowered. And so, you know, I'm not putting a lot of stock into that, the, the grade this year, just because of the, the very few snaps that he did play. Um, and again, I think it, it's more attributed to that. The fact that Philadelphia just had this, this loaded defensive line unit, you know, even Jalen Carter didn't get a lot of run and he was, you know, a top, a top five, top six picked in this draft. So, right, yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you. Like the the luxury pick, right? That's what it felt like when they took Smith when you looked at their their roster. Um, I mean, elite athlete. I tested off the charts, right at the at the combine. Um, you, you love to see that. Uh, the the first round capital. Um, you know, just 188 snaps. You know, like just. There's not a whole lot there, and it's tough, like you said, to take away a whole lot from the grades because a couple bad games, you're it's gonna be tough to dig a hole. It's like a pitcher with a ten ERA that's just a reliever for an inning, right? <laughs> you know, it's tough to get that down. But uh, anyway, yeah, you know, Phillies, it's kind of wild with that collapse here at the end of the season and the way things are going and there's question marks with Sirianni and that defense really took a step back and, and Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick didn't really get a whole lot done there at the end of the year. So, you know. You'd like to, you know, and 
why did they ever turn to Matt Patricia? I know that's like a whole nother discussion, but like, what did they think was going to happen there, man? Maybe they're paving the way for Belichick to come in. So. <laughs> I never thought of that theory. <laughs> you, yeah, you might be onto something there, man. I never understood it. Um, so it was just a disaster at the end for them. And so you'd think, you know, you'd like to think they're like, all right, we got to get this guy. We, we, uh, we were high on obviously with a luxury pick and an edge rusher when you had those guys, um, we got to get him integrated in year two and add a little juice to this group because it, it really faltered on the end. And, and some of that could have been scheme and whatever. And Matt, Patricia, everybody just not very motivated or well, I don't know what happened there, but um, that's a, yeah, that Philly situation is going to be something to watch with like decide you could take it a backseat to uh, Matt, Patricia and is Sirianni going to be there, but yeah, I, I'm still intrigued with Nolan Smith. I, I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I, I am. I If I have him rostered, I'm probably going to – he's probably a DL4 or 5 for me at the moment. Yeah. But he's got a, a lot of upside, and, like, he's just got the raw tools, and you, you just mm-hmm. can't teach that. And I think, like we mentioned, too, with a few of the other edge players, it just takes a while for them to develop yeah. their, their tools because in college they can get away with a power or a speed rush, and they can mm-hmm. just be one-trick ponies. But in mm-hmm. the NFL, you're playing against, you know, pros pros where, you know, one move they're going to – watch tape they're going to know exactly what yep. you're going to be able to do <laughs> yeah. and they're going to take that away you know and and so for them to develop a second or even a third move mm-hmm. you know is going to help them be develop you know now all of a sudden i got a bull rush or i got a spin move or yep. whatever wherever the case might be and in college you can get away with being you know just fast yeah you're playing against guys that in six months are probably going to be car dealer working with car dealership <laughs> or you know yeah. building trusses or something like that right so, <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that was not a dig on any trust builders that I did. So. <laughs> but I just think that sometimes you look at some of these players and like, you know, they, they you feel disappointed because like, oh, how, how come they're not using them? They spent a first round pick on them and, and look what yeah. he did in college. But I just think that there's such a huge learning curve for some of these rookies. And it's easy to get enamored with college tape and draft capital. And just like there's a there's a huge jump, you know, just like mm-hmm. from high school to college, there's a huge jump in like the talent that you're playing against. And I can only imagine the jump from college to pros. Like you're playing with the elite of the elite percent of people in the world. Like yeah, there's a reason 0.001% of people play professional sports, you know? Absolutely. So. But. Extremely difficult. <laughs> so speaking of another guy who was highly ranked and a little bit disappointed, we have a linebacker, Drew Sanders from Arkansas, went to the Broncos he only had 22 tackles this season. And I think some of the, the lure with Drew Sanders is in many leagues, he was listed as a defensive lineman linebacker hybrid. So I think some of that was like, Ooh, I'm getting a cheat code here and stuff like that. And even if he would play, you know, three, 400 snaps, you were, you were getting something. And I know I remember drafting him at the end of a lot of best ball drafts yeah. just because of that dual eligibility. I'm like, Hey, if he, if he flashes a couple of weeks, he gets some run, he can do that. But he never really did get a lot of run. He only got 260 snaps. He he graded out pretty poorly in those snaps. You know, he's a third round player, so there's a little bit of investment there, but you know, not anything where he's guaranteed a spot. Um, he's he's probably one of the first few guys that probably the arrow is kind of pointing down for me. If if I do own him, I'm maybe looking if if someone will 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 take him from me. Um he's just kind of one of those guys that I didn't see it really transition to on, on game day and you know, I know that he's kind of playing behind uh, Alex Kringle and Josie Jewell there, but you know, Josie Jewell is nothing really to write home about. And if you can't get snaps or anything away from him, especially when their season was done, when they when they right. benched um, Russell Wilson, I was just thinking he was going to get a little play, and he never did. So, 
Yeah, no, I thought so. Yeah, Sanders was an interesting case. He was a guy who transitioned from he transferred from Alabama to Arkansas. He transitioned from edge to linebacker, and he just had the one year, and he was super productive. Uh, but you could see, you know, there was a learning curve too because he struggled with missed tackles in college. That was the one thing, and you know, the angles and everything's different when you're playing off ball linebacker than edge, right? Um, so he was kind of like an interesting guy because he's this like 6'5", 245, big, long, athletic linebacker who could play edge and get downhill and he could do a lot of things and he could make plays line the line. Um, but yeah, he didn't really see the field much. Um, as a rookie, like he said, 260 snaps. Uh, Alex Singleton um, took over the lead role and, um, you know, Sanders just never got ahead of Josie Jewell. Um, which I was with you. I, I was kind of hoping at the end of the year that he might, you know, might just be like, let's see what Sanders got because Jewel's going to be a free agent. And I would think they probably are going to move on there. Right. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. I do think Sanders has a uh, shot to push for this spot in camp. Um, so I'm still a little more optimistic than you on Sanders being that if that spot opens up next to Singleton, um, Sanders could push for it, but you know, the day two capital, the third round, capital is nice but it's nothing like you know it's not first round capital right where this big big investment i mean it's nice it is it's nice it's not super you know like strong strong to where they feel like they gotta try to get this guy a fair shake if it ain't working um I, yeah i'm a little more optimistic on sanders than you just because i'm still playing the card he's still developing being a, a you know transition from the edge and like you know we were just talking about the, the nfl is so fast and it's so tough and it, I I didn't think he would fare too well right away because he struggled with a few things in college, especially yeah. missed tackles, which he did in his limited role. It, when he got, when he got to get on the field and in the NFL, he still uh, he still struggled there as well. But um, a little more optimistic, um, you know, if you can get him super cheap, I mean, I'm not going. I guess I'm not really going out of my way to get him, but if you know, if you can get him as a throw-in or you can get him sure. super cheap, I, I'm still a little more optimistic on Sanders. But. Yeah. And I guess the thing for me was like when the, when the Broncos were in evaluation mode. I mean, they like you were we were talking earlier about you won a league with Stidham as your as a quarterback <laughs> in the league, you know. So like clearly they weren't in any like they yeah. were, were making a run. Yeah. And if a team is in evaluation mode and he's still not getting snaps, like I, for me that's a little more worrisome just because I'm like, wow, this is an opportunity. To like, hey, throw him out to the wolves, let him yeah. learn and stuff like that, and. And they were still not doing that. So that was, that's a, I think that's a very fair point. Yeah. It is, it is a red flag, right? Cause they didn't have anything to lose. Right. You know, you might as well let them get out there and, and see what happens in, in a decent, you know, two game sample size or whatever it was. But yeah, that's, that's a very fair point. You're making me feel really good tonight, Kyle. Hey man. Hey, we're on a date. We're on a date, right? That's, that's what we're doing. Hoping for day two. So uh, I have to, before we talk about this next guy, if 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 he asked me out on a date, Kyle, I don't know if I can say no. So you are like you're right there all the time. But if if Sidney Brown asked me out on a date, I'm going to have to say yes, because I have the hugest man crush on Sidney Brown ever since his days in Illinois. Like he yeah. was he is like what I feel an NFL safety should be like super hard hitting, great, great hips, uh, turn, run with any tight end. He can run with most wide receivers like plays really strong run defense like he was like super high he was my safety one i didn't leave a draft without him like i probably overdrafted him and that's probably why i jinxed him and he ended up touring his acl in the game so i apologize sydney brown whoever wherever you are i apologize that's my fault but uh just i didn't see reed blankenship being 
the Reed Blankenship that we saw this year. And I thought Sidney mm-hmm. Brown was going to take that job day one and just be lights out all season long. And that never happened. Um, but the opportunities that Brown did get on the field, he, he played extremely well. Um, every coach that went into the draft room, Philly does this weird thing where they all can put like a red chip on a player or whatever. And Sidney Brown got the most red chips out of any player ever wow. in the draft. And so like, he's like the guy everyone wanted. And so I was like all in, all in. And we just never saw that happen. He had 39 tackles this year, a pass breakup. He did have an INT that he returned for a touchdown. He, he graded pretty average in most of the games, but games that he played more snaps in, he graded really well. in. so I think he's like one of those players, like running backs, the more times you feed him, he just gets into the flow of the game and he starts pounding him out. And so Unfortunately, with this late season ACL injury, don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of camp, the start of the season next year. Um, but that might be a, a buy low opportunity to, you know, just being like a defensive back. Some some managers might be like, mm, I can find mm. another one. Right. Um, if if possible, if any league that I play in that I don't have him, I'm definitely going to try to acquire him just because he's I, I feel he's he's going to come back strong. He's just got that mentality. So. Now that I've confessed my love for Sidney Brown, Kyle, you got anything left? <laughs> um, I, I like Sidney Brown as well. I don't think I was as much as you. I mean, I, I, it's not possible. But yeah, I, I was just gonna say I don't think I, it's even possible to to, to be there. Um, yeah, I, I liked his his play style. Right, he's an aggressive dude, athletic as hell, um, well put together. He just yeah, he looks the part, right? Of what we look for 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 a safety, especially as IDP gamers. Um, yeah, it, it sucks because of the torn ACL, right? Um, you look at that safety group. I didn't see Reed Blankenship coming either this year, the way he did, you know, emerging and, and all that. Um, I'm with you there. He's in the final year of his rookie deal. And from what I was reading a little bit, I didn't see like all the contract details and all that, but it doesn't sound like Kevin Byard will be back from, and that was just one beat writer's yep. opinion, I believe. So, I mean, there would be an opportunity. This it's just, when is he going to be ready? Right. Um, but I do think when he is ready, they're going to want to see what they got. Cause I, you know, like you said, he showed, I mean, that pick six against Arizona, man, that was pretty awesome. Right. He showed the, he is, he's got juice and he, he's a playmaker and um, he brings, brings some of that defense. So I just hope for a speedy recovery. Cause it's like brutal to get hurt at the end of the year yeah. like this, but um, yeah, I, I still like Brown as well. Uh, and it'll be like we mentioned too, with Nolan Smith too. I think that the coaching staff is going to have a, a lot of the new coaching staff, or if Sirianni's back that it, I think a lot of that will play out on how these, a couple of these rookies will be handled mm-hmm. kind of going forward, you know, and we hear the next guy up is another Eagles defensive player, Jalen Carter, you know, another guy that was taken really early in the draft top 10 yep. pick a- extremely athletic guy for his size. Um, yep. The highlight for me for Jalen Carter was when he tried to like intercept that <laughs> spike pass. Like it never seemed like, and he's like, you know, when he's not, watching uh need for speed or anything like that. He's like watching TikToks of like players. And that's where I kind of where he learned how to do that. The dude had 49 pressures, 38 hurries, four hits and seven sacks. Yep. He played uh, 562 snaps. He graded out as the number one overall defensive lineman as a rookie. Um, so I think just that, you know, and then playing at a interior defensive position. So I know mm-hmm. you play in a couple leagues where you play a defensive tackle and a defensive mm-hmm. tackle premium. Like he's gotta be just, a high asset for any manager. So, yeah, absolutely. I was a huge Jalen Carter fan. I, you know, 
watching Jordan Davis's tape when he was coming out of Georgia, I kept seeing 88 and I was like, man, this kid, you know, this kid's a baller. I can't wait until he comes out too, you know, and I like Jordan Davis and everything. Um, but yeah, I, I've been excited about Jalen Carter for, for a while. He's, he's a, he's an impressive dude. Um, like you said, he graded well, um, nice production, seven sacks, 11.7% pressure rate on the interior is pretty solid for a rookie and overall an interior guy. He creates havoc inside. He's a, he's a disruptor in there, right? He's not a, just a big block eater, right? He's a guy that you want shooting gaps and making plays behind the line because he's got he's got such a, a unique athletic ability for a guy his size. Um, you know, he's the current front runner for defensive rookie of the year right now, I believe, most places. Which I mean, I have a future on Will Anderson, so that kind of sucks. So I <laughs> <laughs> guess I'm rooting against him there a little bit. But um, so I mean, he, but anyway, he's had, he's had a really successful rookie season. I really like what I've seen out of out of Carter. Um, but like I said, I've been excited about him. Um, like you said, in, in true position and, and defensive tackle required or premium leagues, I just love his, his dynasty outlook. Uh, he's a, like you said, a premium asset for me at, at a position where you can really gain an advantage. So I'm buying Jalen Carter. And if I have him, I'm holding him tight. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Kyle. Where do you have him as if you're playing the defensive tackle league, where do you have Jalen Carter ranked among all defensive tackles right now? I think he is my DT three. And who and who's ahead of him? Just out of curiosity, uh, Quinn Williams and Simmons, I believe. Okay, if I remember right, I think that's how it went. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I think it was Quinn Williams, Simmons, him, and I probably will flip flop that tomorrow. He'll be one, <laughs> <laughs> especially if he wins defensive rookie, of the right? Year. Yeah, exactly. Do you do you see a lot of Aaron Donald to his game? Like just like a, a consuming offensive lineman two three double te- or double teams and triple teams at times or i think you could get there I, I think he's a pretty disruptive dude on the interior that you're gonna have to really account for um aaron donald you know that's a tough bar to get to yeah. but you know he could you know, he's got a ways to go to get to that level because he's just an insane the way he aaron donald takes on double teams and beats him and still gets home is nuts but um i think carter has you know potential to get to be a guy that's going to demand that kind of attention at some point if he keeps going on this trajectory I guess I love Jalen Carter like you love Sidney Brown. <laughs> yep. so, hey, we, we've got a thing for, you know, yeah. uh, well, that will be another show. So that Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so another uh, another guy that I was really high on coming out of school, uh, just pedigree and just not so much like on-field talent, obviously, is a huge thing, but like b- between the helmet, between the ears, this guy just has that, uh, that type of play. Uh, Brian Branch, Alabama, uh, got drafted again, pretty super high by the the lions. One of those guys that we weren't really expecting to see a lot of right away, but I think the, the injury to CJ Gardner Johnson kind of had him step up right away. Tracy Walker was still kind of recovering from uh, an ACL or an Achilles, something like that. And so Brian branch ended up playing a ton of snaps. He played 793 snaps this year. He graded out as the second DB of all defensive backs. And it was interesting. He was, he's kind of labeled as a defensive back. So he's kind of thrown in with, um, like with Witherspoon and stuff like that too. So he's not like always in the, in the mix of a true safety. Uh, he did have 79 tackles, two sacks, 11 or six pass breakups and, and two INTs. He graded out amazingly well. Um, and the, the thing I really liked about his season that he played of his 793 snaps, 715 of them were in the box. So mm-hmm. he's like at that very high tackle premium position, really high tackle floor, which obviously gives him a chance for sacks. And so he's just always in the mix to just be a piler of stats. And, and that's kind of what you love in your safety position. 
from an IDP aspect. So yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I mean, I was a huge Brian Branch fan. His tape, I thought his tape was awesome. Um, and he, I thought he profiled excellently for a safety that could come up and give you like ridiculous production as far as tackles and making splash plays behind the line because he's such a good run defender. He excelled in the box at Alabama. He's just a smart player. And I, I was really excited about Brian Branch. I wanted Green Bay to draft him, not going to lie. I was yelling at the TV for him to get him because um, <laughs> we needed a guy like that. And you look at our safety group anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about Branch. Like you said, he spent a ton of time in that slot area up near the lineup in the box slot area. Um, so we love that for IDP because that, that creates a nice tackle floor and, and weekly output for us with these safeties. And yeah, I, he's a strong run defender and uh, I, I think he's just going to keep getting better. I'm really pumped about his dynasty outlook. And he, he fits the bill of a guy that is going to be one of the top scoring safeties. If, if he continues on this trajectory, stays healthy and all that, because he's such a good run defender and he's so smart. Um, he's it, tough to take off the field. He, he's totally a Dan Campbell guy. Yeah. He's, oh yeah. He's a kneecap yeah. writer. Like he, if, Absolutely. if there's a definition of a, a kneecap guy, he's mm-hmm. the, he's the guy, you know, and we're not talking yep. like going after kneecaps like Kirby Joseph talking, <laughs> right. you know, you know, tough guys. So, so uh, we're on the number 10 now of our review here of our rookie rankings from last season and number 10. Um, again, this is kind of where, I think as going forward, I think I learned a lot in the last couple of years about drafting and it's, you always see these shiny new toys and like, Oh, I got to have this guy. I got to have this guy. He's going to be the, the the next guy up. And I, I think we get so enamored with the names and the tape sometimes that we overdraft guys. And, and I, I was guilty of this this year with Trenton Simpson of the Ravens. I thought for sure he was going to come in and be, you know, play a lot more than what he did. We only got to see 46 snaps. Um, half of those snaps came in week 18 and what we saw in week 18 was exactly what the reason he was drafted. He had seven tackles and a sack in that game mm-hmm. played really well. Obviously the Ravens didn't have um, Roquan Smith and queen in the game. So he was kind of like the focal point, but we just saw why he was drafted where, where he did and why he was ranked as the number three linebacker last year coming out of, out of the college. So um, I, I, I think, the Ravens stick with Queen for another year because I think that they they like what they saw this year. He played what he should have been doing. Um, obviously, they're not moving on from Wilquan Smith, so I, I think Trenton Simpson is probably going to be another year before we get to maybe unleash him. So if you're, I, for me, he's a hold right now. Um, if if somebody offered me something for him, I wouldn't like cry if I had to to trade him away. So. Yeah, um, I, I was a big Trenton Simpson fan coming out of Clemson. Um, I I really liked uh, what I saw. You know, he was a guy who played like the overhang role, and then he then he transitioned to playing more box. So he got kind of all kinds of different looks, and he got to play a little more stacked up in his last season, which you want to see these guys play stacked up because that's where all the messes and everything in the NFL. You got to fight blockers, find angles, get crafty in traffic. Um, so I, I was a big Trenton Simpson guy because I just. I thought he profiled well as a three down guy. Uh, he, you know, he, he looked, I, there was plenty of uh, tape out there of him carrying tight ends of coverage and being able to mirror out the backs on the backfield. I thought he kind of had, he, the, I mean, not that that would have transitioned right away. That's a tough thing to do in the NFL, but like he had the ability um, and uh, as a blitzer as well. Um, but yeah, he, we didn't get to see much of him, right? Um, Patrick queen had a really nice year, um, big year for him. Cause it was a contract year. So Simpson was, you know, the third wheel who sat on the bench and played special teams because Roquan Smith is going to be out there as well. I'm really curious uh, with Patrick Queen. I feel like he's going to look to get paid. 
like a big second contract. I, I don't, I didn't look at the the whole free agent class as far as what's coming up, but I would think he's a pretty big name in the linebacker group. Um, so I, I, you know, if I'm not sure Baltimore brings it back, if he wants, you know, like a four year stable, you know, stability, three to four year contract for stability for the big number, you know, he's seen TJ Edwards and Shemaine Edmonds get paid, but that was pretty wild. I don't know that that's going to be the norm. Right. Um, so I'm more on the the side of Patrick queen. I, I would, I would bet he would be gone. I, I think he, I just think he's going to want to build off of this year and, and go somewhere else. So Trent Simpson's a big buy for me right now, but I'm also, I've been, I've been excited about him for a while. So I've kind of like planted a flag in my head and I can't <laughs> get away from it. But um, yeah, I, I, Simpson's a buy for me, especially like we talked about some others, some of these other guys, if you can find an impatient manager, um, that's like, oh, this guy didn't do anything, right? I'm gonna, you know, yeah, sure, I'll take whatever, I'll take a fourth round pick or you know, whatever. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a little more leaning towards Queen's gonna be gone after his big year, and Simpson, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping he can fill that spot and uh, and take a big step in year two. But I mean, it's early, <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I, I'd be more in on him, I guess. And I think you kind of hit the the nail on the head there too, Kyle. When you said if you if you're willing if you can get him for a fourth, like more often than not, a fourth round pick in your rookie draft might not even make your team. Right. And, and a fourth round pick, if you can land a guy like Trenton Simpson right now, and Queen does move on, you you just hit, yeah. you just hit the lottery with a fourth round pick. You know, because yeah. we we saw that Baltimore is a place where they can totally sustain two viable yeah. linebacking options, and so it's you know I I. I been really into this thing lately about like with the defensive side of the ball like it's not so much the the name of the player that's there it's kind of the scheme you know like Mm -hmm. it it truly is next man up and so if you have a system that can produce and has is shown that it can produce you know it it doesn't matter the name on the jersey just whoever that player is they're going to be productive you know we see certain situations on the offensive side of the ball you know certain schemes that are really like funnel everything to the, the X wide receiver or the, yeah. the scat back running back. Like, and it doesn't matter who it is. They're just going to be ultra productive. There are certain teams in the NFL that do that on the defense side of the ball. You know, we look at Seattle, whoever the safety is in Seattle, whether it's Jamal Adams, you know, he doesn't grade out well, but he racks up a ton of tackles. Mm-hmm. And then we saw uh, Jamal Adams go down. It was Julian Love step in and he just, you know, yep. it's, it doesn't matter who's there. It's just, it's that system that can produce. And so, yeah. you know, like you said, if you can take a fourth round pick and turn Trenton Simpson into, you know, Patrick queen, yeah, you're not going to do that. Who's not going to do that. You know, that's, right. Right. That's, that's just smart. That's playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Right. And you know, if you do get him for that price and queen does come back, like you said, he might, you're not owed a ton anyway. And he took no. a shot on the guy, you know, with, with upside, right. You can see visibly see the upside, right. The, the, the risk reward there. And, you know, like you said, the system there, Mike McDonald's got that defense rolling. Simpson's got to sit behind Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen and watch how to get it done each week. And if Queen rolls on, I mean, the blueprints there, he knows what, he's going to know what he needs to do to be productive in that system. So, And what a great organization to be drafted into. You know, like there's just certain, you know, not only just a system, but teams and culture in that locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, Harbaugh's yeah. got, those guys are going to run through a wall for that guy. You right. know, and I just think that's just that culture. And everyone, you know, they all play to their best potential and they're all like, a pros pro in that, yep. in that organization. So yeah, for sure. 
So uh, that is our number 10 rookie. We're just going to kind of finish out the top 12 here, and then we'll kind of zip through the rest of the, the lineup here just to see if there's some guys that are like we're a little higher on, some maybe some diamonds in the rough that maybe didn't show a lot of this year, but definitely guys that want to take a stab on. So you said you were a big fan of Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. Our next guy, Miles Murphy, also played at Clemson last year, drafted by the Bengals. Uh, he was our edge five. He had 15 pressures, 12 hurries, zero hits three sacks and 15 tackles. He did play 304 snaps, um, kind of average grades towards the end of the season. He did get a little bit more run. Um, Cincinnati kind of had some injury issues on the defensive side of the ball and didn't, um, they were kind of out of it after Burrow mm -hmm. was injured. So they were kind of in full evaluation mode, which I, I, I was hoping a couple other teams would do just to kind of see what they would have in some of these players, you know, going into mm -hmm. the, the off season and, draft time you know you're kind of looking at like what what are our needs so um, i was kind of hoping that the Bengals were going to do that a little more with miles murphy but uh, we saw a little bit of that but uh he's just kind of one of those players right now that's like mm, i'm okay holding but i'm not going to go out of my way to acquire him right now so yeah i, I like murphy I, I liked him coming out of clemson as well maybe i have a thing for clemson players this is a safe place this is a safe place kyle if you want to just confess your love for trenton simpson this is a safe place so. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I, I really liked Murphy. I thought, you know, he had the, the traits, right? Big, strong, fast. Uh, he had that going for him. He was a versatile dude. You could do a lot with him. Is You know, you could run stunts and in inside games. Um, he did all that very successfully there. Um, just really liked what I saw. I knew he was going to be roadblocked with Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson there. Um, and he could be again. I did, did read a little bit that there's a chance Hubbard could be a cap casualty. I didn't see the numbers, like if it even made sense. They're like, oh, Hubbard, there's a chance he's a cap casualty if they try to pay T. Higgins and whatnot. So obviously that would boost Murphy, but that's not anything yet. You know, that's uh, a whole lot of buzz around, I don't think. But um, I do like Murphy. Um, he's a guy I'm holding if I have him. And, um, you know, I, I'm not expecting a ton year two as it sits right now, but I sure would like to have on my taxi squad because I think there's some potential there with him. Yeah, and I think you hit it too. Like, it depends on what they do with T. Higgins. If they, it, yeah. he's going he's gonna to break the bank for him. If right. they do that, I, I think they were kind of already in that mode, the Bengals, when last year when they let uh, Jesse Bates go, mm -hmm. you know, and they turned the reins over to uh, a guy that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, Jordan Battle, and just, mm -hmm. you know, the guy, uh, just to try to maybe start to get ready for that. And so maybe pay a little bit less on the defensive side of the ball. And then, so we can save it for, you know, the big three and chase burrow and Higgins. So, mm -hmm. so kind of, kind of wrapping up our top 12, our 12 pack here, we had Felix Azuma from Kansas state got drafted by the chiefs. He was our edge six. Uh, again, he just kind of fell in one of those situations where, the Chiefs kind of had a surprising low-key good defense, and I think a lot of it had to do with their defensive line. You know, obviously when you have Chris Jones on the defensive line, uh, they had George Karloftis, he kind of stepped up a little bit, so, you know, Uzuma didn't have a, a ton of run. He did have 11 pressures, three hurries, seven hits, a sack, and 12 tackles on the season. Again, he's one of those guys I'm not, like, busting down the door to go and acquire. Like you said, if you're opp opportunity to stick him on a taxi squad for a season and stuff like that, he's there's probably worse options out there for you, but you know, you just had kind of had one of those seasons. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, you know, he was a first round pick, kind of a little bit of a surprise into the first round pick. And not, I, I thought he was a good player and all, but and he landed in a good spot. Cause we're like, Oh, there's not 
much there on the edge besides Karloftis, right, in, in Kansas City. But, you know, Mike Dana, Mike Dana showed up, and Charles Menehue, after he got a suspension, showed up, and, and Aduke Azoma didn't see the field much. And, um, you know, what that defense is really good this year, you know, and he just, you know, these, these veterans stepped up for him. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. Not a guy I'm going on my way to get either. Um, if, if you like me, get him cheap. Great. I'd be more after miles Murphy, I guess, if I was looking like, in, you know, this, this range, um, a guy. So, um, but I guess I'm turning into a Clemson Homer. As well, I was just, I was like. going to make yeah. a Clemson Tigers work, but I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, didn't feel I needed to. It was, like, it was, it was good. That's good. good. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that's our top 12. So just to kind of recap our top 12, we had uh, Will Anderson, Jack Campbell, Tyree Wilson, Luke Van Ness, Nolan Smith, Drew Sanders, Sidney Brown, Jalen Carter, Brian Branch, Trenton Simpson, Miles Murphy, and Felix Azuma. I think if you look back, there's no one on that list that's like, oh, that was a terrible, terrible preseason pick. Mm-hmm. Again, this list was made last year, uh, April, May, right after the draft. So it's kind of like, you know, just coming out of college, we're all you know watching pro days and things like that. So I don't think there's anyone on this list that's like, yeah, they don't deserve to be there. I think looking no. back right now, as the season's over, I think it's, pre- it's still a pretty solid list. I don't think there's anyone, you know, maybe Drew Sanders was maybe a bit high, but I think if you look across the industry, Drew Sanders was probably in your top 12 on – Pretty much every everybody's rankings. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, this is a lot of the names you're going to see if you looked at these lists last year. You know, when like you said, when you were making them in early early rookie season. Yeah, and 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 like we said earlier, I think this is a, a good process, a good learning thing to kind of look back and see, like you know, where our hits, where our misses, and things like that, mm-hmm. and just to be just to be cerebral about it because that's that's how you kind of grow you know like you, you mm-hmm. can't do the same thing and expect different results so absolutely kind of looking at the rest of the list is there anyone like numbers you know 13 and beyond kyle that you're like this is a guy that i really want to go out and get because i think you know year two is going to be a great breakout for him you know there's a, obviously a lot of names of some players that were drafted very high that didn't see the field a lot but you know, as we talked about earlier, there's a lot of coaching changes on the horizon in the next few weeks. And I think mm-hmm. between coaching changes, free agency, which is going to happen here in a couple of weeks in March, is going to have a huge, huge impact on some of these rookies and some of their names. So, Kyle, do you have anybody kind of looking at the rest of the list that's you're like, this is a guy I really need to go out and get? Um, I do. I don't know how much I'm willing to spend to go get him, or how excited, you know, much I want. But Deion Henley in, in the Chargers, I'm still, you know, I'm still in on. Even though there's going to be the, obviously the coaching change and everything, I think Kenneth Murray moves on. Eric Kendricks has another year on his deal. Um, I think they could be uh, cut. You know, I think it could be a, a void year there, or whatever, an out on it. Um, so I'm not sure what, you know, the new coach, if it's Harbaugh or whoever is going to do, but um, I just thought Henley's game fit, you know, fit the, I thought he was going to take a little time. I didn't expect Kenneth Murray. I don't think anybody did to be all of a sudden, no, you know, decent, but um, he did what he was supposed to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Henley's a guy. I still, I, I still have some, some hope for there with the chargers. I'd be looking to acquire him. Um, I, I just, you know, he was another guy who was a position convert in college. He played offense and then he, he went and played, uh, 
played linebacker. The more I watched his tape, at first I was a little worried about his ability to play in the box, but then you got to take into account he was just learning. And then the more I watched it, the more I liked it. And, and he athletically checks the boxes and he's going to be able to hold up in coverage because he's a guy that can turn and run. And um, he's, he's got a pretty aggressive temperament for a guy of his size. He's a little, little small, but um, you know, not too, too small either. But um, I, I still kind of like Henley um, it, for the Chargers. I think another guy right a third round pick not huge investment but it's nice like you know it's it's something decent it's not end of the draft or anything um he's a guy I like and um you know we're talking defensive tackles we were talking about um uh Jalen Carter um Brian Bercy for the uh Saints um he's a guy like another Clemson player right obviously <laughs> um, <laughs> um Brissy, you know he was a huge uh, five-star recruit in high school, big time recruit, um, went to Clemson. He, you know, he was playing well early on, got injured. And then he had unfortunate circumstances with his sister. He dealt with a lot of things while he was there. And, you know, and then when he got healthy there towards the end, we saw him get back to the Brian Brissy that we, you know, we're used to seeing. And he tested really well at the combine for a guy his size, sub, sub five second 40, I think it was four or nine. So it doesn't matter. Um, it was fast for a guy of his size. Um, and I, I just think in defensive tackle leagues, he's a guy I'm after. We saw a little bit of it at the end of the year, but, um, you look at that saints defensive line in the interior and, you know, to me, he looks like the guy they're going to lead on, um, you know, going forward. And he's another guy for strong capital. So if you can get him, you know, in those DT true position leagues, I'm definitely in on him too. I've got a couple of guys that I've, I'm, you know, uh, we mentioned kind of Jordan battle earlier. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like you said that the Bengals are kind of, kind of being in cap casualty with, if they do try to resign Higgins and things like that. So I think they kind of laid the groundwork last year when they, they moved out from Jesse Bates, they let Von Bell go, you know, mm-hmm. and so they went with a really, a really cheap secondary this year um, with, with battle. And then last year's um, first round pick, they also drafted him out of the um, – he was a, a late-round – a first-round late-round pick, too, in Dax Hill. And so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Battle is going to get a lot of run. He played extremely well this year. He had 68 tackles. Yep. He had a couple sacks. He had a pick. You know, he had excellent grades moving forward. And he's, you know, another one of those Alabama guys that's not just – has the physical tools, but he plays really smart between between the years. And he, he's going to put himself in a good position. So he's a, he's a buy for me. And I don't like buying defensive backs – just because they're they're so plentiful and it's easy to get them on waivers, but he's just one of those guys I think that just is going to be one of those those assets kind of moving forward. Like he's in that you know I don't want to put him in the same realm as like a Kyle Hamilton type tier, but he's like one of those like kind of I I feel he's going to be a set it and forget it type player. So I like that. Kyle. The, th- the thing with Battle too, just going to say like he kicked Nick Scott to the bench, who got paid decent money. Yes, right. You know, so that tells you that. They liked him, you know, for a guy, they paid a good enough money. It's like he'd flat out beat him for the job. Right. And he played well. And they brought him in to be that like veteran leader too. In that cause yeah. they were a very young secondary. Yeah. Their defensive yeah. backs yeah. and their, their corners, all first, second year players. And they brought in yeah. Nick Scott to be like that veteran presence. And he was like, yeah, I can, I can have a headset and coach over here. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, another guy I really like is Will McDonald uh, for yeah. the jets. I think, uh, didn't get, show a lot of flash this year. So he's a, an extremely buy low guy just because the, if a manager did invest in them, maybe a little disappointed. He only played like less than 200 snaps this year, graded out extremely well in those 200 snaps, 12 pressure, seven hurries and four sacks. But I think the biggest piece here is with a uh, possibility of Bryce Huff moving on, mm-hmm. who had an, an amazing year. 
And we talked about it earlier, when you play opposite of a stud, you know, Max Crosby, Tyree Wilson's going to have that opportunity. You know, here we have a, a really ascending player in Jermaine Johnson with the Jets, who's going to be a phenomenal player himself going forward. But then, you know, if you can pair that up with a, a Will McDonald playing opposite, you know, and Robert Sala, a defensive minded coach, he's going to be able to get the most out of his players. And I think Will McDonald kind of fits that mold of that, maybe that second year breakout player. So he's a, he's definitely a guy for me that I'm going to invest in, especially with the opportunity possibility of Bryce Huff moving on. Yeah, you, you read my mind. I was kind of looking at the edge guys that down there and Will McDonald's name too that stuck out to me. Um he was super productive at Iowa State and he's explosive, long arms. He's got a wicked spin move that they couldn't handle at the senior bowl when he was there. There was a lot of getting written about that. And um I think he is could be a problem off the edge um going forward. And him and Jermaine Johnson could be a really nice duo. So I was looking and that was a name that stuck out to me too. So I'm right with you there. I I like Will McDonald as well. Especially, like you said, Bryce Huff's going to go somewhere, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, he even kind of, he had a really weird cryptic tweet uh, a few weeks ago about, like, you know, it's been great, looking to get paid, kind of, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tell me you're leaving without telling me you're leaving, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I think all these guys at some point are a a value to buy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so there's really no one you're, like, definitely out on. You know, they're obviously amazing players to be draft capital where they were anyway. Um, just some of these players look like a little more appealing right now. You know, maybe even a guy like Ivan Pace, like, mm-hmm. you know, for Minnesota, who knows what's going to happen Jordan Hicks. I think he's kind of in like a, a weird contract situation where it's not going to cost a lot to get out of that. He had amazing, excellent PFF grades throughout the entire season. He played 704 snaps, most by any rookie linebacker this season, 96 tackles, three sacks, a forced fumble and an INT. Um, he came in and I think the defensive look, unit looked better with Pace in than it did with Hicks. And being a Packer fan, trying to say that about the Vikings is that's that says something. So <laughs> I think if he wouldn't have been undrafted, he would have been much higher in a lot of the industry's ranks. Um, mm-hmm. We had him coming in as linebacker seven, the 23rd player. And I think that was even still pretty aggressive being an undrafted player. Yeah. But he, he signed immediately after the draft. He had a, yeah. a, a huge signing bonus. So like he was one of those players that, you know, I was really high on Brian Asamoah preseason you know i thought him and hicks were going to be it like pace was one of those guys i was taking late in the draft just to, to have and then i was very happy with pace's production from an idp standpoint um at the end of the season so i i love ivan pace i still can't believe he went undrafted i really i mean nfl office front offices are way smarter than me i totally get it but like his tape was phenomenal um, I know he, he didn't hit the you know the size thresholds right because he's short he's stout and compact but the dude sees it well. He's a nightmare as a blitzer. And, uh, you know, he's just a tackle machine built for IDP production. And um, I, I was just, at, you know, before the draft, I think he was my LB four or five, something like that. I just loved his tape. And he was productive at Miami of Ohio, which is a small Mac school. And then he went to Cincinnati, which isn't SEC or Big Ten or anything, but it's a bigger step. And he was crazy productive there as well. So he made the jump there successfully, which was good. Um, and I thought his tape was awesome. And I was like, man, how is this guy not getting picked? And yeah, when he got his opportunity as an undrafted guy, you, you wouldn't know it that he did win undrafted because he played so well. And um, yeah, yeah he, I mean, there's no reason why he couldn't take that role. You know, just because he's undrafted, he showed that he belongs. So um, like mm-hmm. you said, the Jordan Hicks, the, the money, whatever it is, they could move on. He's an older guy. Was he like 31 or so? He's getting there. And, um, you know, obviously uh, an undrafted free agent's pretty cheap on the on the tab. Um, if, if he's your starting middle linebacker and you get some nice production, you're going to dig that for sure. So yeah, I, I like Ivan Pace as well, man. 
and 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 the Vikings are in a weird situation right now now too. You know, contracts, coach, mm-hmm. cousins. Like, are they going to re-sign him? Are they just going to go into the draft and you know, in a full rebuild? You know, so they're kind of in a, an odd situation too. Like, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, if you can save some money, you know, with a younger younger pieces, I think that's that might be the model for the NFL. So, yep. Well, Kyle, is there anybody else on this list that you're like? really like hey this is a guy i'm i'm looking to acquire looking to trade for you know like as you said you know even if you get him as a throw-in on a deal maybe not the the main piece of the target of the deal but maybe you can kind of i'll throw you this and then why don't you give me this player and hey why don't you throw in a you know keanu benton you know just like you know kind of thing so I'm yeah, sorry, I didn't play for Clemson, so we'll just. <laughs> so I'm just looking to see who played for Clemson <laughs> here. Um, I would say another guy, like late, late guy, later guy on this list. Um, you know, I still kind of have a little hope for. What am I looking here? Owen Papo, Papo. Yep. Um, in, in Arizona is I know I mean hope as in he could make some buzz in camp, right? Um, you know Chris Barnes, journeyman. Um, you know, we're just looking at dart throw linebackers who don't have a yeah. ton in front of them. Chris Barnes is a fine professional, professional linebacker, right? He, he hangs around, he, he does his job. He's a two down thumper type guy, you know, cause your white was brought in on a two year deal. Unfortunately he got hurt. Um, I always thought, you know, Papo was, Papo was going to, whatever you say, I'll not, probably never say it right. Um, he, when you were talking about throwing guys in a trade, he would be a guy like if, you know, you're making a deal and you're looking for one little piece. I always like taking random shots on linebackers like that. Right. But not a ton in front of him. He's a guy who was productive at Auburn played in the SEC. I think he had three years starting. Maybe it might've been four. I don't remember if he played as a freshman, um, but not a lot in front of him. And he'd be a guy like throwing I'm, no, no, I'm not like super, super high on him, but like definitely a guy's name. I'd be like, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to try to say him for my taxi squad to see if he can get some buzz. Right. But yep. um yeah, I was kind of hoping after when Kaiser White went down that he was going to get a little bit of run, but then right. Josh Woods a little bit of run, then he got hurt, and I'm like, all right, this is a chance. He's going to get yeah. hurt. Oh, yeah. And then they threw, you know, and then it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's throwing Chris Barnes. It's probably because he was a Packer. That's probably the only reason. Yeah, it's got to be, right? Yeah. It has to be. But uh, I was just kind of hoping, like we said earlier, you know, it's hoping these guys get a little bit of, like, playing time just to get evaluated by yeah. the front office, and, and they never did, so, but. Is there anyone that will kind of flip the script here a little bit? Is there anyone on this list like you're like trying to get rid of, avoiding like, hey, I'll throw this guy in if you throw me back a fifth two in that deal? Is there anyone that you're like really out on? Um, oof, completely out on. Um that I, I don't know how much I like BJ Ojalari in Arizona. I, I struggled with him. Um, he didn't test as well as I had hoped. And I don't, it's not that I don't like dinged up too, right? Yeah, he got yeah, yeah he got yeah he got injured and dinged up, and I'm just uh, he's a guy I guess I'd have no problem training away I guess if if I looked at it that way I kind of struggled with him um, how much I liked him I'd be up down and around and he didn't test overly well and um, I'm just kind of looking at names that kind of were buzzworthy right rookies not bought, you know completely bottom but he's a guy that I guess I'm not really in on if I had to pick one that was a prominent name at some point right so how about you did you have anybody or i i love the call on bj and i think he's got a lot of buzz name value where you could yeah. probably get you know and he was he was probably you know he was uh our d-line defensive edge eight so he's you know came in with a lot of 
a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. And I think the name and his brother playing, I think, yeah. I mean, somebody's going to like, oh, I'll take, I take a stab on a guy like that. Uh, one guy that I'm, I was kind of out on, um, I was just, I was high on him before the draft. And even when he got drafted, I'm like, this is a great landing spot. Dorian Williams of, for the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved him when he came out of Tulane. Um, he was our linebacker five. He did yeah. get 35 tackles this season, played 211 snaps, he plays pretty decent against the run. But I was, again, here it is, a player that didn't get a lot of traction when an opportunity, you know, and then these journeyman linebackers came in and played in front of him. You know, we had Matt, Matt Milano go down with an injury. Okay. So then Terrell Dodson beat him out. Terrell Bernard beat him out. And then like those guys went down and then we saw this weekend, you know, we saw Bernard get carted off. Like, all right, here's Archie. Here's, here's Williams. He's going to assert himself. He's going to be a stud going forward. And we've got like Balin Specter coming in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Balin, who's Balin Specter? You know, and then <laughs> and then even AJ Klein was getting some run. You know, mm-hmm. he he was wearing the green dot there for a while. And it was just like, okay, so here we drafted Dorian Williams. He's he's a stud coming out of college. And we got Balin Specter. No disrespect. Like he could kick my ass seven ways from Sunday. But <laughs> like, what's how can how can Dorian Williams not get on the field in front of Balin Specter or you know, AJ Klein, who's been in the league forever you know mm-hmm. and so stuff like that kind of worries me that if you, if they're not getting a little bit of run and traction and i get it, it's the playoffs and it, mm-hmm. you have to put in the players that are going to produce but you've got all preseason you've got all of the season practices and stuff like that and he, and he couldn't assert himself as the linebacker four on a team you know mm-hmm. so uh, he, he's a guy that I, if i have him i'm like you said i'm not losing sleep if i have to throw him in on a deal to get something done Right on. No, that's that's fair. Yeah, when you're seeing uh, him as the LB five on that depth chart, it's uh, it's a little worrisome, um, for sure. You know, and, and you know when we go through these lists, you know, it's easy to sit back in January and say, "Oh man, I drafted him" or something like that. Yeah. So, speaking of misses, there's always a players every year that like you always wish you could yeah. go back into, and and I think that's the great thing about IDP is very forgiving. You know, waiver wire week two, you can yeah. get some of these guys, and they're like they're the guy all season. So Kyle, are there anybody that you could wish you could jump back in the time machine back in your drafts in May and June and take a stab on rather than, you know, maybe like a, a Dorian Williams or. Um, d- definitely. Uh, Byron young for the Rams would have been a guy I was definitely not high enough, even though I've, he really caught my eye when he tested as well. He did as he did in the combine because it, you saw it on tape that elite athleticism of Tennessee, but like, the amount of snaps he played as a rookie. Oh my goodness. Right. If you had him, you're happy you have him or you could have traded him. We got a profit, you know, off of his, his crazy rookie season. Um, he's a guy I definitely didn't have high enough. Um, and his teammate, Kobe Turner, um, another guy that um, we were talking before some of the names I had him behind. I'm just like, Oof, man, I just, uh, yeah, with big whiff there. And I love watching defensive tackle tape. And I just, uh, yeah, Kobe Turner had, what do you have? Eight sacks and, or nine and Byron Young had eight, I believe. Yeah, Kobe Turner had twelve and uh Byron Young had had eight. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's wow. that's rookies. And and they needed them to play. Like they yes. had no other yes. options. And it was yes. like, you know, like you said, it's like how do we how do you miss on a guy like that? They had yeah. to have him play. Brian Young played a thousand snaps this season. Insane. And 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 IDP is all about volume. You know, yep. you have to be on the field to play. And here are yep. two rookies. It weren't in our top fifty. Yeah. And 
they were they're probably huge sets going forward. You know, playing next to Aaron Donald, like we mentioned, playing against with Max Crosby, it makes your job a lot easier. Well, playing yeah. next to Aaron Donald makes your job a hell of a lot easier. And he's yeah. taking double and triple teams on, which yeah. you know, Byron Young obviously benefit benefited from and Kobe Turner as well, especially in the sack department. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, those are a couple that uh it was like, man, I definitely was way too low on those guys. Looking at some of the names that were taken around the same time in the draft that I had ahead of them, it's like, oh dang, you know, with yeah. there. And and they had third round gra- draft capital too. I mm-hmm. mean, they were only taking yeah. 12, 12 picks apart, you know, for the Rams. So, yeah, um, yeah. One guy that I wish I would have taken a little more, and I mean, he's still available in a ton of leagues. You know, writing the waiver wire article like yourself, you kind of see a lot of like those roster percentages, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, how is this guy this low? You know, he's playing really well, and it's uh, Dante Stills from Arizona. Mm-hmm. We kind of mentioned earlier about kind of maybe being out on BJ Ojolari, but one guy that really stood, stood picked up the the steps for them was stills. He played really, really well. He played 533 snaps. Many of those were from week 10 on. He finished the season with 41 tackles and four sacks. So he's the guy, if you're, you know, especially if you play a defensive tackle mm-hmm. league or a premium, like he's definitely probably a guy to kind of maybe consider, you know, he's a, a six round draft pick, you know, you're not expecting yeah. anything out of a six round draft pick. So. Yeah. Pleasant surprise there to get a guy that late. And he was super productive, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call. Yeah. It's uh that's another one too, right? Looking at my defensive tackle list, I'm like, who? Some of the names that are uh, way ahead of them, it's it's a head scratcher. But uh, yeah, I like that call as well. Is there anybody else, Kyle, that you're seeing like missing out on? Like, wish you would have had a little more stock in. Uh, definitely one more guy looking at the edge group is Yaya Diaby um, for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, he he had the traits right coming out of Louisville. Um, wasn't a huge, huge name for a while. Didn't have a ton of buzz, but I mean, he, he generated some after he tested well and, and uh, did, did all that kind of stuff. But man, did he really come on when he got it going for Tampa Bay and kicked Joe Tryon, a former first round pick right to the bench, right? Took his start, starting spot and didn't look back. Um, I definitely wish I would have, would have uh, been a little more in on him. If you have a couple of shares of him, you're, or a share or two of him, you're happy right now because uh, it was a really nice rookie season for, for him as a third round pick and, kicking a, a, a former first round pick to the bench is uh that tells you how much they like him. So for a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. very consistent all season. Like yeah. he didn't like just come out. Like he started playing like 30, 40% of snaps yep. all season long. And it wasn't yep. like, it was just like last like four weeks production. It was, he, he, he hit the ground running for him. Yeah. Too. And, you know, playing next to Vita Bay, he, he's a, he's a space eater too. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, maybe that's one takeaway. You know, we mentioned that a couple of times tonight playing against, playing alongside some of these bigger defensive interior linemen, maybe that's something like to consider on landing spots mm-hmm. know, looking forward, you know, in this next year's rookie evaluation, like maybe, yeah. maybe it's more who you play with, you know, you don't want to be the guy you want to just play next to the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Look at the group as a whole, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, Kyle, this has been fantastic. This has been an awesome exercise, kind of going back through, looking at not only the thought process, but kind of getting a, a different perspective. You know, someone who maybe wasn't in necessarily in on this exact rookie rankings, just kind of looking at it from a different perspective and kind of bringing some new insights. So I, I appreciate you taking the time coming on tonight. Kyle, where can all the good people find some more of your amazing work? Well, thanks, man. First off, thanks for having me, Jeff. Dude, this was a blast. I had a great time, man. Uh, it was great to finally get to sit down and, yes. and chat, man. It's awesome. Talk some ball. Um, yeah, you, you can find my work over at footballguys.com. Um, you know, right now we're uh, 
yeah, the regular season's over, sliding over to off-season mode. Uh, Going to update the dynasty ranks, and uh, I've been uh, hitting the tape a bit on this incoming linebacker class and, and getting familiar with the guys, and was be kind of doing that. You know, the, the new toys as we as we were just talking about earlier get, gets familiar with some of these names, and now that's uh, the the underclassmen of all you know the deadlines that they're all declared, we kind of get a good picture of what the group looks like and who to start watching and get familiar with. So, kind of where I'm headed, and. Uh, yeah, but, you know, one of these days I'll start writing again because I'm sure I'll get the itch. Right now I'm just uh, watching playoff football, hoping my Packers keep going, man. <laughs> right, let's go. One more week, huh? Yeah, one more week. Let's keep the run going. Yep, absolutely, man. Well, that's fantastic. I appreciate it. Again, like this has been way overdue yeah. for us getting together and stuff like that. We've kind of been back and forth. We play in a couple leagues together and um, best ball leagues and things like that. And it's just been fun to kind of like see your work and – learn from you and stuff like that. So I appreciate you coming on tonight. So oh, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's been, it's been fun. Really appreciate it. Well, hopefully it's not the last. So right. I'll bug you, I'll bug you a lot more. So let's do, let's do it again. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, next time I'm going to be talking with my good friend, Eric Harms, and we're going to be breaking down some best ball strategy with last year's IDP madness winner, Andrew Morgan. And we're going to kind of break down his roster, his draft construction and kind of see maybe how to draft a, a, a best ball team. Cause obviously I was not, too hot this last season so join me next week as we take a look at some recap of idp madness so again for kyle appreciate you coming on thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time this was the idp after show <laughs>